In a chateau in the south of France lived the daughter of a French viscount. Her name was Simone Jules. Simone was living in a miserable arranged marriage to an overbearing man, feeling virtually imprisoned. The arrangement had been set up by her father when he had returned after Napoleon's fall to find his estate and finances in ruins. The marriage was a last effort to restore a family fortune. For over a year, Simone longed to escape her situation in France, eventually finding herself in a romantic entanglement with a lieutenant. The affair swiftly ended her marriage, and Simone Jules finally had the chance to leave, and she took it. Queens of the Mines features the authentic stories of gold rush women who blossomed from the camouflaged, twisted roots of California. In this chapter, we will meet the queen of exhilaration from America's largest migration, the Gold Rush. The preceding program features stories that contain adult content, which may be disturbing to some listeners or secondhand listeners. So listener discretion is advised. Chapter 10, Part 1. In San Francisco, on the north side of Portsmouth Square, west of Kearney Street, stood the infamous Bella Union Hotel. It was the young city's first theatrical operation, and in 1850, it was newly rebuilt after a fire that spring. The Bella Union Hotel featured shows of all varieties, gambling, drinking, and dancing. An eager man who was in the establishment was wandering into the back of the gambling hall through the smoke and debauchery. He saw a petite French woman with raven hair pulled back from her round face of olive skin and smoky eyes, dealing a card game like a professional. A female dealer was then unheard of and the locals were obviously all enamored with the 19-year-old woman. He approached the table. The game was bien en un. Almost completely unknown in California at the time. Originating in the French casinos in the early 1700s, in English, they called it 21. With a sweet smile, she asked him, You will play, Monsieur? The man blushed and twisted with embarrassment, for he had no money to gamble. The gorgeous woman winked at him, her eyes sparkling in their jetty blackness. Simone Jules dealing cards at the Bella Union proved to bring in an incredible amount of business, and she was earning quite a bit of money as well. The other halls quickly noticed, and they began to hire women. The other dealers at the Bella Union began to grow jealous of Jules' success. They found an alliance 
and decided to accuse Simone of being a clever card shark. They said Jules was a cheater who skinned her victims as she smiled at them. And consequently, she was fired from the Bella Union. Simone then decided to leave to be closer to the mines, the men who worked them, and the gold they were finding. With her own bag of gold, she headed 140 miles east to the Sierra Nevada mountains, to the once sleepy Spanish town of Nevada City. On the daily stagecoach that ran between Nevada City and Sacramento, she told a fellow traveler of her plans to open a lavish gambling palace. Oh, honey, the bearded man told her, you gotta be real careful. The Bonanzas brought the desperate men and they are mad to get rich and they won't hesitate to poison your drink or slit your throat for your purse. She stared out of the window of the stagecoach and asked herself, did I survive the devil Sierras to get murdered in Nevada City? This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Columbia Mercantile 1855. Columbia Mercantile 1855 is creating your Rika moments for every shopper. At first glance, it would appear a living museum. And then you look closer. In the Clever Gold Rush era aesthetic, you see there's a treasure trove of gold standard products for your modern life. Now, more than ever, locals are discovering the amazing, reimagined, real working Gold Rush era general store. Teresa carries a mix of quality international products and local products to replicate the diverse provisions of the 19th century when Columbia was California's second largest city after San Francisco. The Columbia Mercantile 1855 is located in Columbia State Historic Park. At a time like this, it's really important to shop local and the Columbia Mercantile 1855 is friendly, welcoming, fairly priced, and they also accept EBT. Open daily from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. In an area the local Native American tribe, the Nisinan, called Ustma, three gold miners built a cabin on the Deer Creek branch of the South Yuba River in September 1849 after finding gold. Hundreds of men gathered at Deer Creek Dry Diggins where a store had been opened. The men mined gold while living in tents and hastily built huts. In 1850, it then became Nevada City. The name Nevada in Spanish translates to snow-covered. Nevada City had been in a boom for the past five years and lacked sophistication when Simone Jules came to town in 1854. And men had fled in from all over the world to get rich off the high-grade ore that flowed in the rivers. The gold then transferred to a leather pouch, soon to be measured and traded for whiskey or female companionship. Simone Jules' stagecoach rolled down the crowded streets. She looked out the carriage window, watching the men roam around in an alcoholic haze. 
As the stage rolled to a stop, it became obvious to Jules that women were few. The appearance of the 25-year-old French woman with a fresh face created much commotion among the rough men as she stepped out of the coach. She had French eyes that wholly lacked the dreamy expression associated with the daughters of the South. This woman did not fall into any usual category, and the community was curious. A wife brought out from the East or a new dance hall girl was one thing. A school teacher, a young belle come to wed a prosperous miner, or a painted lady was fairly commonplace. But this French woman was a mystery. That evening, when she checked into the FEPS Hotel, she registered under the name Eleanor Dumont. As she unpacked her personals, she giggled to herself, pleased. In San Francisco, her appearance as a stylish woman had never attracted as much attention. Are you enjoying the podcast? Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It is so important. If you would like to contribute to the production of this podcast, you can use Vidmo to at Queens of the Minds or check out the donate button on our website, queensofthemines.com. Okay, back to the story. The mystery of the French woman was solved when the community woke up to a hand-bill-blanketed town in the second week she was in Nevada City. The handbills announced the grand opening of Madame Eleanor Dumont's gaming parlor. On the door of the newest and most elegant gambling hall in the city, stenciled in gold lettering, read Dumont's a gambling establishment for gentlemen only. At Dumont's, a dozen gambling games led by an honest dealer were kept going night and day. Win or lose, there was more satisfaction in playing against the polite and smiling madam than could be had by winning at any other game. Resting men lounged on the finest furniture partaking in rare and choice wines and liqueurs. The town tolerated her because of her charm. She was a pretty, agreeable woman, one who dealt cards and accepted her losses with a careless shrug. A gambling woman with the skill she possessed was a novelty in the motherload. She was always smiling, Dumont was well-liked and held considerable respect in the community, and she became an immediate success. Amongst the clattering chips and the hum of men's voices, she asked that the men clustered around the two dozen or more gaming tables to refrain from cursing and from telling naughty stories in her presence. Dumont rolled her own cigarettes in a haze of cigar smoke. When a man asked her to buy a glass of whiskey, she shook her head, and a whisper would tell him, Madame drinks only champagne. 
He'd try again, this time offering champagne. Dumont smiled and would say, Oui. If anyone was ever to get too close, she would tell them to stay an arm length away. I'm a lady. In consequence, her clientele behaved civilized, more calm than in any other establishment in town. Lucky Dave Tobin was a handsome gambler in his late 20s who lived in Nevada City. He was well-mannered and seemingly honest and had recognized her business ability intact and convinced Eleanor to form a business co-partnership with him. Dumont had been limited to the number of minors she could play against at one time, and a partner would increase business. Eventually, Dumont and Tobin opened a new establishment together. A new handbill which advertised the opening of the best gambling emporium in Northern California was sent as a printing order to E.G. Waite. the editor of the Nevada Journal. With an invitation to the grand opening of the Vieux-en-Un on Broad Street, inviting him to enjoy a game with the Madame Dumont, as well as free champagne for all, the establishment would only allow well-behaved and well-groomed men. Eleanor Dumont would drink champagne with the chosen few, but never too much. Vieux-en-Un had opened. Gas chandeliers, carpets, fine furnishings, and a dozen games day and night. Tobin managed the pharaoh, kino, and other large games, and Dumont drew the men in in droves and handed the smaller games, like 21. Her table was by far the most popular in the place, and she continued her habit of treating her patrons fairly and never hesitating to loan or give them money if they needed it. The mesmerizing Eleanor Dumont, or Simone Jules, who earned the title of the Blackjack Queen of the Northern Mines, soon fell in love with E.G. Waite, the editor of the Nevada Journal. Waite refused her affections, and Dumont turned to alcohol. Brokenhearted, Dumont then fell prey to lucky Dave Tobin. Dumont and Tobin continued their partnership for about 18 months, during which time business receipts doubled, then tripled. Tobin wanted a larger share of the take, and Eleanor refused. Tobin was no gentleman. In fact, he was an abusive man. Lucky Tobin would beat Eleanor Dumont and he tried to no avail to take over the gambling parlor. When Dumont came to her senses and left him, Eleanor Dumont continued the operation alone as her novelty as a lady card dealer began to wear off. Miners began to leave Nevada in search of richer diggings elsewhere. Madame Dumont remained a month or two after Tobin's departure. Then she too packed up her cards and, as unannounced as she had arrived, she quit the town. 
For the next five years, she wandered from mining camp to mining camp, earning in one camp several thousand dollars, all along hoping to find Dave Tobin. She took her winnings to Carson City, Nevada, to buy a ranch to settle down in and retire from gambling. She expanded all of her winnings for years on the improvement of her farm. It was there that Eleanor Dumont met Jack McKnight, who told Eleanor that he was in the cattle business and gave every impression of being a wealthy and successful man. He quickly won her affections and she quickly fell in love with McKnight. With her capital, McKnight bought a cattle ranch just outside of Carson City, Nevada. Within a few months after the purchase, Jack proved himself a worthless man, cleaned out Dumont's bank account, sold the ranch, stole her jewelry, and deserted her. Eleanor wasn't the type to take this kind of treatment lying down. Dumont gave herself a few moments to feel sorry for herself, and then she quickly set off on McKnight's trail. She found him and rekindled their acquaintance with the aid of a double-barreled shotgun. Gifting her ex the contents of both barrels straight in the chest at close range, saying goodbye to the man who broke her heart. Dumont never got her money back, but she got her revenge. McKnight's bullet-ridden body was found, but his death was not investigated. Dumont denied responsibility, but claimed joy that McKnight was indeed dead. Dumont, now penniless and on her own, began to drink heavily, dulling the senses, which had earned her so much during the Bella Union days. The obvious solution was to return to the only profession she knew, dealing cards. For the next five years, the insatiable madam wandered from camp to camp. Dumont was always the most famous lady in town, as well as the most gracious, continuing her lifelong habit of generously standing the losers to a stake as she collected her winnings. She rarely stayed long in one place, and the woman wandered from boomtown to boomtown, proving her peculiar power over even the roughest of customers. In Murphy's, California, established by Irish Daniel Murphy, a member of the very first immigrant party, the Stevens Townsend Murphy Group, to successfully bring wagons over the Sierra in 1844, the party paved the way for westward migration. Dumont made a short stay there, where buildings bearing thick stone walls, iron shutters, and pastoral gardens with white picket fences lined the street. The fortunes found in the town attracted adventure seekers, 
gamblers, opportunists, ladies of easy virtue, honest men, as well as Mark Twain, Joaquin Murrieta, and Black Bart. Dumont stood on the smashed-up saloon in the early hours of the morning. Stepping over smashed bottles and broken chairs, she knelt down to a sleeping miner to relieve the drunk of the gold purse that laid near him. Slim was gone. He had evaporated like a cheap perfume. She had planned to leave town with him in his conquered stagecoach. Moving behind the bar that was lit only by the rising sun beaming through the slats in the wall, Eleanor poured herself a glass of champagne and flipped a coin. Colorado or the Comstock. That was when a man quietly stepped behind her, grabbing her waist. Without fear, she turned to face the man. Dumont traveled with two cousins, both Derringers, and the one whom she called Clyde was quickly placed against his temple. You try anything and you will have three eyes. I am Andrea Anderson. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Let's meet again next time when we finish the story of Eleanor Dumont, the Queen of Exhilaration, on Queens of the Minds. Queens of the Minds was written, produced, and narrated by me, Andrea Anderson. The theme song in San Francisco Bay is by DBUK. You can find the links to their music, merchandise, as well as links to our social media and research at queensoftheminds.com. <laughs>